And welcome to episode 79 of Eddie and Caleb Zerocast. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me at I am Caleb B. That's I-A-M-C-A-L-E-B and then another B. Joined, as always, of course, by my good friend Eddie Cornelison at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. This is episode 79, and today we are here to review the 2007 feature film T-M-N-T. Just us today, though, right, Ed? Correct, as we said last week, you know, I guess Eli's back uh, doing comedy, so he's left us behind. Yeah, we got left behind by, uh, I guess we don't get to ride on the gravy train with Eli Sayers, but you know what, we'll we'll make it, we'll make it anyway, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Okay, so we are recording, of course, on September 21st. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Yeah, it's my friend's birthday. Oh, no, my birthday was yesterday, silly. I have more than one friend. That's not, oh, we're friends, you confirmed it. I tricked you. You did, you got me. I got you. Um, let's see here. We're going to dig up the time capsule just to start. This is, this was released on March 23rd, 2007. And the number one song here in the United States was, uh, you may remember this one. This is why I'm hot by Mims. Oh yeah, I do remember that one. That was, uh, that got a lot of airplay. That was was a big one in the nightclubs too. It's funny. I think someone on the Braves still uses this as a walk-up song. Yeah, it was a popular walk-up song too. Yeah, I mean it's it. You know, obviously someone is still using it to this day, so it's uh, had some staying power, at least a little. But let me ask, what were you doing in March of 2007? This would have been around spring break time, actually, maybe a week past. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything in the old time capsule for me. Why don't you go first? I mean, bro, you're talking, I was 12 going on 13. Not much going on, man. Just, you know, playing a little bit of baseball and, uh, you know, screwing around. Screwing around, all right. Well, let me... Oh, let me see here. Da-da-da-da. Pulling up the old transcript. This would have been, what, uh, spring quarter of uh, 07? Yeah. Yes. So, spring quarter of 07, I, I tackled the college algebra 148 class, and um, I thought, okay, last quarter didn't count. We're going to take a mulligan on that one. And I finished the quarter with a D, so we we are still not getting it. 
damn. Oh, that's rough. And I and that was the only class I took that quarter. I thought if I really focused hard, I could get it. But uh, I didn't because math is stupid, and I've never <laughs> had to use it uh, you know, ever because I have a calculator, and it does it for me. So suck it, math. I was going to ask, because I know people are not a big fan of uh, general studies, um, and I was going to ask if these math classes that you were failing are of any practical use to you now. No. And uh, there's going to be other classes that I can't wait to discuss that are coming up that were uh, pretty much just um, electives that you had to take because you have to have so many credits, which uh, that's always my thing. Like, people, people talk about... Cost of college, lower the, um, what's it called? Lower the, um, the credits you need to graduate, you know? That would be an easy solution, so that way, like, I'll give you, and I, I get it, you don't want, you want people to be well-versed, I understand that, I get that, you don't want people to just be dummies, uh, but at the same time, let me go back a few uh, what was the class I was, um, there was a class I mentioned on here, might have been Natural Science 101, maybe, and then there was like writing about the American experience or something like that, uh, those classes I don't even actually remember taking, so forget remembering what you learned from there, I don't even remember the class itself. So, why did I need to pay for something that I don't even remember doing? So, that's that's my thing. You can have a few electives, I get it. You, you know, give people, you know, some options, but too many electives. And um, I'm, I'm closing in on finishing uh, community college. Uh, I went part-time, so it's not, you know, plus I failed math a bunch. But I'm closing in on finishing community college. And then when we get to the next... And, and, and by the way, when I finish, you'll see more electives come in. And same deal with my the next college, the real college, the university. Uh, you'll see more electives towards the end of that one, too. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's stupid. And uh, I'm looking at a class now that uh, I took and I have no memory of this class. None. If you asked me if I took a class with this name, I would say no, and I'd be wrong. So why did I need to pay for a five-hour class <laughs> that I don't even remember <laughs> taking? So no, get rid of these electives. They're stupid. Lower the cost of college that way. Ah, I'm so smart. Okay. You heard him. Mm-hmm. You heard him. All right. Well, you're champions in wrestling at the time. This was, okay, this came out like nine days before WrestleMania 23, so all your champions in WWE were the same. You had John Cena, the WWE champion, Lashley, the ECW champion, Batista, the World Heavyweight champion, Christian Cage was still your NWA World's Heavyweight champion in Impact, and your Ring of Honor World champion, and uh, please forgive me if I butcher this name, the man to usurp Homicide as the ROH World champion, was Takeshi Takeshi you know, tomato, tomato, uh, Morishima. Oh, alrighty. I have no memory of that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think he, let's see here. I think someone, I think a well-known reign 
followed his reign. Roman. Good joke, but no. No, as far as, like, well-known Ring of Honor reigns, it was... Yeah, yeah, uh, someone pretty well-known in the Ring of Honor lore usurped him as champion, but not for eight months, actually. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, once we get there, once we get there, man. Hey, the budget on this movie was $34 million, and the box office was 95.6, which my math leads me to believe this had a profit line of $61.6 million. Pretty good for a Turtles movie, man. Yeah, 61.6 and 81.3 with the inflation puts Mm -hmm. it number 32 on the list, right behind Blade Trinity, but above Superman 3. But hey, 32 out of 79, that's, or 75 or whatever, that's pretty good. No, it's 79. Well, yeah, but aren't there like four of those that we don't have numbers on or something? There are six that we don't have numbers on, but, uh,. I don't believe they made money. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what was the critical and fan reception of this film? Critics, 34% on the Ooh. whole Rotten Tomatoes, and fans, 60%. Mm, okay, all right. All right. It's uh, it's worth noting this did have an 87-minute runtime, so it did not overstay its welcome. No, no, it did not. Do you have history with the movie? I mean, I know we... It, it's so funny. I I don't, but this is one, and you'll see it in my grade later. This is one I wish I had seen as it had come out, because this would have been right up my alley. I would have been 12 going on 13. This was a little more mature version of the Turtles. Like, this would have been right up there for 12-year-old Caleb. Yeah, I did, um, let me think here. So I thought this was like a movie that was associated with uh, the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles movie, yeah, uh, TV show rather, but it was not. They came out uh, like five years earlier, so it wasn't that. Turns out it was kind of an unofficial sequel to Turtles Three or Turtles <laughs> Two, if you just wanted to be a you know Superman Returns and ignore the bad movie, so. <laughs> Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, uh, this is a voice cast, so there's not really a lot we can say about the actors here, other than they did the work that was told to them. But, hey, you're Turtles. You had uh, James Arnold Taylor as Leonardo. I've never heard of this guy. Uh, Nolan North, of course, Nathan Drake as Raphael. I assume you're familiar with the Uncharted series. I've heard of it. Yeah, Nolan North plays Nathan Drake. Uh, Mikey Kelly is Michelangelo, and Mitchell Whitfield as Donatello. Those are your turtles. Now, this one, it kind of surprised me because he did pretty good to mask his usual voice, Chris Evans as Casey Jones. Yeah, Chris Evans, Casey Jones. He's, uh, you know, he's he's on the come up. He was just a uh, human torch, mm-hmm. and now he's uh, Casey Jones. And how about uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as April O'Neil? The mighty have fallen. She is no longer Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She is no longer um, Velma? Yeah, Was that it? Two ships, I think Daphne. Two ships passing in the night, her and Chris Evans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see here. Mako Iwamatsu, Iwamatsu, and Greg Baldwin as Splinter. I think Mako or Mako had died before the film was done, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, he died in July of 2006. Apparently, Mako's really popular on in the internet. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, this one, the okay. Here's the thing: there are certain voices that you associate with what they look like in real life because their look matched with their voice. It's such an iconic combination that seeing Patrick Stewart as this beefed up Max Winters guy, it was so weird. Yeah, that. Was- it was uh, I I didn't even pick up on it. I just oh, I didn't even think about it. But looking up at it later, I was like, oh wow, I guess that was Patrick Stewart. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, Zhang Ziyi as Karai Karai. Mhm. She was fine. Hey, funny how things happen like this. You know, we're we happen to be doing the TMNT. About a week after I started Futurama watch through, because John DiMaggio, aka Bender, played Colonel Santino, who was in one scene. Yeah, Bender had uh, my favorite joke from Futurama. What's that? It was they were filming something, and they're just like, he's like adjust camera one, and like his left eye zooms in. <laughs> and then it's like adjust camera two, and his right eye zooms in. And then it's like adjust camera three, and you don't even see anything, but you hear the zoom in sound. And of course, it's very funny. That was, uh, I believe, a first or second. Obviously, okay, I've not started on the third season, so it was in the one of the first two seasons that episode. But they had to, um, you know, the Planet Express gang, they had to shoot a finale for a show called single uh single female lawyer otherwise the aliens were going to blow up the That's planet right. yeah yeah Allie mcbeal <laughs> yep essentially yes uh let's see here frank welker as general mono i feel like he, he's done a lot right like that name sounds very familiar oh yeah frank welker he's uh he's been in quite a few of our uh of our movies, um, perhaps though I would say, well, he's um, he was Toka and Razor, not for whatever um, you know voice that they kind of sort of had. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's see. He was uh, the voice of Reptile and Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie. He was the voice of Malbolgia and Spawn. Um. He was, of course, uh, Transformers, Soundwave, Devastator. He's a lot of Transformers. Um, Galvatron, not the movie that was Leonard Nimoy. Um, Megatron, done the voice for him. Just a very accomplished voice actor. Yes. Him and Peter Weller, who was Optimus. Mm -hmm. Evan Smith, as an unnamed cook. I immediately recognized his voice, by the way. Well, how could you? He doesn't talk. What? Oh, this guy. Yeah. Thinks he's funny. Watch the comic book, man. Uh, and the narrator was Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Morpheus. Oh, Although, not, uh, any, not anymore. Yep, not anymore, sir. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I like the new Morpheus. Mm, whatever. I'll give, I'll give him a chance, but... Uh, no, 
Not my Morpheus. Let's get that trending. Why didn't they just bring him back? Like, I don't know. Maybe he was like, I. Maybe he's like, I'm tired of working with Keanu. We're already doing John Wick four. I don't want to do another Matrix movie. I mean, I look. He. I'm not saying he needs the money, but like his daughter's probably aged out of porn by now, so he probably <laughs> could, you know, maybe pay off some of her. Death. Lawrence Fishburne had a daughter that was in porn? Of course. What are you talking? What do you mean, what am I talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about, man? He had a daughter that did porn. What was her name for research purposes? I don't know. I just know that he had a daughter. Oh, yeah. Well, daughter now I gotta, go to, I gotta go into private browsing mode and be like Lawrence Fishburne, porn daughter. Oh, it looks like it was uh, Montana Fishburn. Oh, she's dead. Is she? I don't know. I don't think so. I just the top article was the tragic life of Lawrence Fishburn's daughter, Montana Fishburn. Um. So it says people also asked what happened to Lawrence Fishburn's daughter. At the moment, she is in Los Angeles. However, she has been spotted going to New York to visit her biological mother. Now most of the questions you had about Montana Fishburne have been answered. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So she's alive, but uh, apparently had a tragic past. I don't know. She's attractive, but... um, Apparently she was arrested for prostitution as a teen. Well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, but yeah, she's thirty. Too old. Too old for porn now. <laughs> oh man. That's like well, a King of the Hill joke, if you don't know. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like you age out of porn, and they give you the Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Let's see. You want to get? We've gone through the cast. I think we can get into the plot, right? No. Let's talk about Lawrence Fishburne's daughter some more. No, we're good. Okay. So we open, yes, with Morpheus, given a, a backstory. This is where I thought, like, I wonder if this is a sequel, like, unofficial sequel. And it kind of was, because they just tell you what happened in, like, the first movie, like, the origin story. And they're like, oh, and they defeated Shredder. So I'm like, oh, okay. I, and I'm like, it's weird that they would do a animated movie and not use Shredder. And then again, I'm thinking... I wonder if this is a sequel. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear all about that in the archives. Those are very good episodes. Go listen. Yes, I agree. I agree, especially that first TMNT episode when me and Eli were first on a Skype call together. It was a good time. Yeah, and Skype just was a real... It was great. Yeah, was a real... Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. A real good application. So, yeah, they said they already defeated Shredder, but there's a new enemy from 3,000 years ago. Ooh, spooky. A warrior king named Yaddle? Yaddle? I don't know. Uh, Loki? Kaval? I don't know. At this moment in the movie, I just hit the pause button. I'm like, wait a minute. Stop. Hammer time. Yes. I, I'm I'm not going to give the same speech that I gave in Ninja Turtles 3. You can go back and listen, but the gist of it was you got a million villains to choose from, and you picked generic 
old-timey Japanese army general and guy on a horse with a bird sucked with his tri-point hat. <laughs> it's like, you couldn't have gone with anyone else. And now here we are, new movie, fresh start, reboot, and and we're 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 doing it again. What are we doing? I, I now I'll say these villains were better than than generic Japanese general and guy with a bird, but like again, yep. what is wrong with any of the millions? I thought you were going to hit me with an and millions <laughs> of. Of of Ninja Turtles villains and to choose millions. from. I mean, you know, you, yeah. I don't know. Baxter Stockman, Leatherhead, just Krang. Could have done Krang. They at least brought into the the other dimensions in this movie. You could have done that. Anyway. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know, brother. Uh, hey, what did you think of the CGI in this movie? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it's. It's decidedly late aughts, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, I won't even, well, okay. I won't say, like, you watch it and it's like, oh, it doesn't age well. Like, it's still, you know, very watchable now, so. Yeah, it just, it sticks out. Yeah, I suppose. I'm, well, I'm kind of comparing it to, like, um, what was it? Oh, the uh, Spider-Man animated cartoon from the 90s. Uh, like, they'll cut to, like, CGI of New York, and that looks... At the time, it looked cool. Now it looks like garbage, but... You know, you can only add so much to 95. Yeah, so Anyway, sure. uh, this Warrior King, Yeotol, opens a portal into a parallel universe. The por- Out of the portal emerges Krang. No, that would have been cool. No, it's his bunch of monsters. This was such a weird backstory, too. Yeah, his his 13 <laughs> ghosts. Yeah, the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, no, there's like 13 monsters, and the portal's energy granted Yeotol immortality, but then it turned his generals, who were his family, into stone... And then the portal released 13 monsters to destroy his army, but also his enemies. And then we're told they plagued the world to this very day. I'm like, what in the hell? That's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, why? Just, God, just use Krang. <laughs> just use anyone. <sighs> it's annoying. That's the one thing Michael Bay got right. Yeah, he used because what he used Shredder and Krang, right? Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, because Seamus was a uh, Rocksteady. I uh, forget he was the Warthog, which was uh, is that Bebop? Is that okay? Either way. Yeah, I I don't know. It's uh whatever. It's just frustrating. It's a it's something so easy that like and it, but again at least, at least these villains are cooler than guy with a bird. So yeah, they just have a convoluted backstory. <laughs> so we cut to a village in South Africa where April O'Neil is staying at and it's protected. No, by, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, Seamus was Rocksteady. No, I thought he was. Hold on, now. Did I get? But he was also 
credited under his real name, for what it's worth. Oh, what is it? Uh, Stephen Fairley. I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's very Irish. I guess. I mean, it's not as Irish as uh, Irish as uh, Seamus O'Shaughnessy, but either way. No, no, it's not. Okay, so Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop was the Warthog. Okay, I was right. I was just wrong who Seamus played. I figured he had a mohawk, so he'd play Bebop, because Bebop has a mohawk. He didn't have his mohawk at the time. Well, he could get one. CGI it. <laughs> well, Bebop also has a nose ring. Mm, fair enough. So, anyway. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, there's a village. April O'Neil's there. It's protected by Leonardo. And he stops some thieves trying to steal stuff from the villagers. And April later meets with them. And she tells them, this was weird. Donatello works at an IT call center. What? Why? <laughs> why did? Yeah. Why did they? They're like, oh, I guess we can't fight crime anymore. We gotta get real jobs now because one of the four is gone. Yeah. First off, why do they need jobs all of a sudden? They don't uh-huh. pay rent and they don't have yeah. bills. They live in the sewer. Yeah. I mean, I guess I gotta buy pizza, but I just. I never thought, like, huh, I wonder how they afford the pizza. That's never been a thing that I've wondered. Yeah, no one's ever cared. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Donatello picks the worst job imaginable. He works in IT as a call center rep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Uh, Michelangelo is a mascot at children's birthdays. He puts on a big giant turtle head and then lets kids hit him with a stick. And then Raphael uh, sleeps all day and then fights crime at night in his metal suit called the Night Watcher. I thought you were going to say Nightcrawler. No, he was the Night Watcher. Mm. Night Watchman. Mm-hmm. Or just the Watchman. It's coming up. Yep. Oof. Uh, Leonardo says, Splinter sent him here to be a better leader, but he doesn't want to go back and says, the people here need me. So... Uh, April was there to bring a statue back for billionaire Max Winters, uh, which Casey Jones shows up. He helps her move it. And Max hires Shredder's number two. I was like, oh, is that bald dude? I can't remember his name. And it's like, no, it's Karai, you know, (laughs) from the movies that was never mentioned or seen. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. That wasn't Shredder's number two. You ran over, or you kind of skipped over, but... Hold on here. Leo was the one in South America, right? Yeah. Uh, he like straight up killed Colonel Santino. Possibly, like, yeah. It's heavily implied. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad. Like that's so, when I knew, like, oh, this is uh this is for a bit of an older audience for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean. Could have been a little older with uh, a different villain, but I'm not going to harp on that. Those uh, those swords aren't just for decoration. No. So Karai took the remaining statu- uh, yeah, statues with the Foot Clan. No, well, that didn't make any sense. He hired her to look for the remaining statues with the Foot Clan. She didn't have them already. That would be weird. Uh, Casey... 
uh, Casey Jones, he kind of figures out that uh, Raphael is the night watcher. Because uh, it's Pretty like, quick. yeah, you're <laughs> like a four foot tall guy wearing metal in the shape of a turtle outfit. Pretty obvious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He would be good at Superman. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yes, so, uh, meanwhile, Max turns the statues alive. Oh. The old gargoyles. Yeah, he gets this, all the statues. They turn alive. And Leo hitches a ride back to New York, clinging to a plane, which I was like, ooh, bad timing there. Yeah. Uh, so everyone is happy to see him back except Raphael, who has kept fighting crime, like I said, Night Watcher. And he's like, you know, you took a break, but crime didn't. I was like, ooh, Raphael's got, a, got him there. Raphael is a prick, by the way. He is, but he's kind of right. Yeah, but he's still a prick. You can be, you can be a, you can be right and be a prick at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. True. I will say this before I forget. Uh, Leonardo and Raphael are the only turtles that do anything, uh, have any sort of character in this movie. That I was going to say, yeah, the other two have no dimension. Yeah, Donatello, the extent of his genius is doing IT work, and Michelangelo... Uh, Cowabunga Carl. Yeah, I think he... I don't remember anything he does. Whereas he, was, he had a big role in the movies, but... Yeah, this was, all, this was the Leo and Raph show. For sure. It was uh, building up the brotherhood. Yep. Anyway, they all go training, uh, but they're not supposed to have combat, but they find a Bigfoot monster attacking the Foot Clan, and they're like, oh, cool, the Foot Clan are getting beat up. But then Bigfoot nearly wipes out all the turtles, uh, and they're about he's about to kill them, and then the four statues from earlier have come, and they capture the Bigfoot. So... There's our villains, these four statues. Uh, you know, again, cooler than Guy with a Bird, but uh, still, who the hell are these guys? Give me an actual villain, please. Yeah, I'm not... I don't know, brother. I don't know. Could have been a better villain, like you said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, the next morning, Splinter sees on the news that the Bigfoot attacked them and he forbid them from returning to the surface until they can stop fighting with each other and we get like a montage of the statues just capturing all but three of the monsters that were on the loose yep apparently they caught the other two off screen because i thought the last three were going to be like a big thing and it's like nope not really (laughs) (laughs) they were just caught also but so Raph visits Casey, and they encounter another monster who injures Raph, but they do see the monster captured by the statue, uh, the general statues, um, that should be pulled down because they were... Um, that's an idea. Did they think of just tearing down the statues because they were problematic? <laughs> oh, yeah, these, these colonizer pieces of crap. We need to tear their statues down, man. Could you imagine if the remaining, like, General Lee statues came to life? Ugh, I don't want to imagine. Well, I I, I do declare what is with all the black people. I don't know. There was a, uh, there's like a thing going around on Facebook now where it's like, actually, General Lee did this and this and this 
for slavery and everything. I'm like, look, <laughs> I don't wait, even know. But did he fight for again? What's going on? Yeah, it's like his wife, you know, taught slaves how to read and stuff. And it's like, look, I, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. I don't know. Text on a picture is always accurate, but of course. You know, he was the general of the Confederates, so that's a pretty big problem there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he was a, a very good general. The South had no business winning any battle because they were out-trained and out-equipped and out-everything, so he was smart, but he did fight on the wrong side of history. I thought you were doing, you a, slow, I, I thought you were doing you a slow clap. Eddie is... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, you having a Jeb Bush moment over there? <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> uh, that was the end. That was that was his uh, Howard Dean's big crazy yell. Like, yeah. As soon as, as soon as Jeb said "Please clap," it's like, well, no one's yeah. voting for you. <laughs> so at some point, if you ever you know get bored, check out it. It should still be on Netflix. It was a little fake documentary, or pardon me, a mockumentary called Undecided really funny it's um, about the 2016 election oh and the undecided voters like ken bone yeah two guys trying to figure out who to vote for remember ken bone vaguely yeah didn't he, he was like oh yes question at a, at a town hall cool yeah and his name was ken bone and he wore a red sweater <laughs> with glasses and he had a mustache mm-hmm yeah he was he was because they only asked questions from the undecided voters Mm-hmm. I do vaguely remember that, yes. Ken Bone. Yeah. All right. I wish Ken Bone were in this. <sighs> Why? I don't know. It would be more interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the next morning... Uh, oh, wait. I just read that. Um, so, yeah. They, uh, they encounter the other monster. The statues, the problematic statues, come to life. And... Uh, they capture the monster. Um, Casey finds the uh, weapon. You or sorry, uh, Raph gets injured during this ordeal, and Casey finds the weapon that they used on him. And April recognizes it. It's from the story that we heard in South America. And pieces together that Max is Yaotl. Yaotl. Whatever, this is a stupid name. Why would you call him this? <laughs> Yodel. Yeah. I don't know. Yodel. Let's call him Yodel. All right. Uh, so they want to go after him, but Leo says no, and then Raph quits. <laughs> He's like, whatever. I'm out of here. So Raph goes back to being the Night Watcher. He finds one of the monsters. He manages to stop it, but it gets away. And Leo sees this and confronts him, and Leo beats him, finds out that the Night Watcher is Raph. Leo's very oh. much against the Night Watcher, by the way. Yeah. And by the way, Leo, like, goes off. He's like, you know, and he, he just buries the crap out of Raph. He's like, you know, and everything else aside, I'm just better than you. I was really hoping he'd say, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. Uh, so Raph says, I'm done taking orders, and challenges him to a fight. And Raph beats him, he runs off, but then the foot show up, and the stone generals capture him. And Raph sees this, runs back, but it's too late. What a shame. 
Yep. So Raph tells Splinter, he's like, oh, I messed up big time. And Casey gets a new metal armor, just randomly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, so they form a plan to rescue Leo, which involves Mikey knocking at the door dressed in his turtle costume for the birthday parties. <laughs> uh, the general statues substitute Leo for the final missing monster. I uh, don't think it works that way, but also I have no idea. Uh, basically, uh, the plan is Max wants to capture the monsters and send them back so that he can be mortal again because he would rather, he wants to die because he's lived you know like three thousand years. He's ready to get off, but the rest of the general, the stone generals, want to betray him and bring in more monsters to take over the earth. I guess. Eh weird uh, yeah so they all the turtles all make it in and splinter makes it in he does a fight scene uh, leo gets freed by raf and they make amends and yodel uh sees the generals turn on him and the generals offer a spot with the foot clan to join but karai's like we don't work for you we work for for max he's the one who hired us and the foot clan have honor yeah sure Mm-hmm. So she declines and they fight with the turtles. So uh, Yodel wants to, I mentioned that, send back the monsters and then they want to bring in more. Um, so the foot, April and Casey um, find the final monster and uh, they bring it in like a van. Or they drag it or whatever with the van. <laughs> and the turtles, meanwhile, fighting the generals. Uh, well, the turtles and Yodel are fighting the generals and the monster, and it's not looking good. They are, I mean, they're they're getting rid of some. They're putting a few back into the portal, but overall it's not looking good. They think they got all the generals in, but they don't. And they're like, ah, oh, without the final monster, you won't be able to do anything with, you know, whatever. You won't be able to send yeah. us back. Yeah. Just then, Casey and April, they fly in with the van. They, like, pull a... Um, I forget which Fast and Furious it was, where they're driving, pulling the safes behind them. <laughs> uh, it could have been any of the any of them after the four or the third one. Yeah, but it was uh, where they used that, and they would like break and steer off, and then like swing the safe like a bat or like a mace at the villain <laughs> or yeah. whoever whoever they were fighting, whatever big giant semi they were chasing them. Yeah. So they basically did that with the monster, and like he smashes into him like bowling pins and then they all fly through the portal and uh i guess they're dead so then the turtles see yodel and he's like laughing he's like oh i'm mortal and then he dies <laughs> and then karai runs off after like oh thanks for helping us and she just throws a smoke bomb and disappears and yeah. the turtles agree to stay as a team the end so yeah, there you go. They all lived happily ever after, and any future sequels that were planned got scrapped. Correct. Hooray. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed this, even though, you know, it was very short. There's not a lot of meat on the bone. Um, again, this is one of those, I think I would have loved this if I saw it when it first came out. And I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half. All right. Um, I, 
I mean, for what it was, it was fine. Uh, but to me, it's like if you're trying to do like a, a, a reboot with anime, animated turtles and, um, you know, try and reunite the old 90s series using the same timeline. Mm-hmm. Again, I just, I really got to question the villain choice. The plot was really goofy. Like, when yeah. you think about yeah. like we got to return these monsters to a portal. Like, what? Um, but, yeah. I mean, it's a kid's movie, and I think kids would enjoy it. It's not very long. There's a lot of good action. The stuff with Leo and Raph is good. I wish there was more with Donatello, who was always my favorite, and Michelangelo. I liked him, too, but they didn't do much with either of them. Uh, but I'll go with five. I mean, you know, it's, like I said, it's a good good kids movie, you know, seven, eight years old. I think they would enjoy it, but, um, yeah, I mean, could have been, could have been better, I suppose. Yeah. Well, folks, that's the show for this week. Next week, we will be reviewing Spider-Man 3, and we should have a guest on that episode. I'm not going to promise anything, but you can watch that. I have here on Stars, but apparently you can also watch on Hulu, from what I've been told. Yeah, it's the premium thing. So if you have like the stars add on to Hulu, which we do, uh, yeah, it'll play. And I already checked, and it goes, uh, you know, it, it it was playing. So that's good. I already have the Blu-ray, so I don't even have to bother with all that. But that's good to know either way. Or if you don't have Hulu at all, then uh, can get it on uh, Apple TV or Google Play for three ninety nine. Voodoo for two ninety nine, save a dollar. Yeah. Or sling. Philo, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is. Sounds poor. P H I L O. Well, whatever. It's on there too. Yep. Yeah. Well. It's, uh, actually, you know what? That's it's other good timing because uh, the Venom movie is coming out soon. Yeah. Sure enough, that's gonna. So that episode is gonna drop on October thirteen. Just. You know, not even two weeks after Venom comes out. So, good timing. Yeah, Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage comes out October 15th. October 1st. No. This yes. is the 15th. Well, it got moved up, sir. Oh, wow, it sure did. Wow, it's... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's funny, it got moved back like a month ago. And then Shang-Chi did, like, however well it did in the box office. And like, you know what? I think we could put this out now. Yeah, go for it, man. I mean, look, I I mean, you know, I was, uh, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but I was in Houston and Dallas just this past weekend. And, uh, you know, everything was open. Everybody was out and doing stuff. And, you know. I, th- I don't think any theaters are closed at the moment or something. So they might have masks, some of them, but, uh, or some might not be selling the whole theater and everything. But, I mean, at this point, this is about as good as it's going to get for now. Yeah. I mean, until the, whatever, we get, um, you know, the, 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 the vaccine for kids, I guess, is probably the next step. And then... A fifth booster. Then I hope we're, and I hope we're good after that. Who the hell knows? But, uh... Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, vaccine is good, so that is that is good news. So, But, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, the theaters are, you know, everything should be should be wide open at this point. You know, you can yep. have you can have rules in the building depending on your city, but yeah, we should all be open. And uh, at least in Texas, it was surprise, surprise, it's Texas. But <laughs> you know, Dallas ballpark, gorgeous by the way, really. Great. So I've so I've heard, so I've heard. Have you um, driven by uh, Jerry World down there? I was I went to Jerry World for oh, yeah, WrestleMania thirty. Man, I I knew it was huge, but uh, you when you see it, you see how huge it is. And yes, I know what I'm saying. But uh, even though it's a double entendre, forget get the penis jokes out of your head. But uh, yeah, it's so massive. <laughs> and what's funny is I believe in 2016. You know, there was still not Globe Life at the time, but whatever the field was that the Rangers used to play at. Also Globe Life. <laughs> whatever it was called. Either way. They um, kept the naming rights. That, fair enough. So that field was there. There was a, uh, not a Six Flags, whatever the water, whatever the water park is called. Yeah, is it, well, there's a Six Flags. It's, it's, it'd be a long walk, but it's walking distance technically, but probably better to drive. Yeah, and then there's a water park across the freeway, and yeah. then there's Texas Live, mm-hmm. uh, which is the like, Walmart. I didn't see the Walmart, but yeah, the Live is a. Uh, I don't know what company does that, but they did. They have one in Baltimore and Louisville, and I guess Dallas. Yeah, uh, probably a few other places, but it's just it's like the same bars and restaurants, but it's on like a little covered street. It's pretty cool, but it's just like we'll just drop one of these in your area, and now you have an entertainment venue. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that uh, that Six Flag uh, Flags Water Park I was thinking of was Whitewater. We don't need to bring race into this. Hey, oh. All right. Can I give him a quote to end us out so we can end this episode, sir? Um. Well, I guess. Come on, man. Uh, let's see here. We're gonna quote Raphael when we say, <laughs> "Man, I love being a turtle." Bop, be rock steady over kicks and snares. So, what you scared for? Unprepared for tunnel rasmatics. Far from your average rabbit's new era. You rockin' super caps, breathing bricks. Exhale, train rail. City light, better spot us with the nonsense behind us. This is how we do it. I'm just a fool again. Drunk walk in the gym. Fitting raw sewage. Splitter cell movements. Turnstile jumper. Punk step up to get beat down bumper. Alias and bright colors. So bright, leave you crying like late night mothers. Hoverboard kick flips. Landed a little to the left as you can bet that every resort was a split lip. Skip smooth, made shortcuts. Act foolish like kids licking windows well, with a shell shot. Ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell locks. You can find solace in the coldest cell block. This is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock. Ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell locks. You can find solace in the coldest cell block. This is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock. I did it my way, sat back and let him live soft so he can die hard. Give me Kanye, we exist in circles. So the first way to push me is box out like Girl Scout cookies. This is not a test. We don't trust you, not a fan of men. That rock ugly, I don't understand. Can you blame me? I guess that's just the way. My pops raised me, a penny for a thought. A nickel for a swiftness to the face, but thinking that I let my players go to waste. Nope, top of the food chain, but way too cool to not drop a little sarcasm in your water main. Did it, I stutter man. Could you please make a toast for the kid? Because you know I'm spitting butter main. Same thing, new day, this manner. Same trappy time, same trappy shit. Ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. 
you can find solace in the coldest cell block. This is shell shock. Welcome to shell shock. Ringing in your ears like a bell's to L rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. You can find solace in the coldest cell block. This is shell shock. Welcome to shell shock. Your mama dressed me like Russell Peters. Mama, your mama dressed me like Salamanders. Your mama drink country club out of a bottle or baby bottle. Your mama smells disease. Your mama got leprosy and gold nightmares. Your mama smells like a problem. <laughs> your mama got six elbows and she do the robot. <laughs> Your mama smells like the inside of this recording booth. <laughs> <laughs> 